All right. I'm just uh, playing with things a little bit there. So uh, working on my production value here a little bit. But uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike Mills. Welcome to the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. Um, I am a mortgage maker here in the DFW area. And my team's focus here locally is to help agents grow their business by providing insight into all aspects of real estate. Um, we can show you how to better market yourself, provide referrals to great real estate related vendors in the area that'll take amazing care of your clients and provide some simple tips and tricks to kind of help you streamline your business so you can help more buyers and sellers. So if you'd like to have a conversation about your business and what we can do to help, please do not hesitate to reach out. And of course, if you have any buyers needing to get pre-approved or pre for the purchase of a home, we would love to help them as well. Um, and speaking of better ways to market yourself, um, today I am pleased to welcome Miss Leslie Stegmeyer to the podcast. Hey there. And you get fanfare. You hear it? I love that. I got like, I'm here for the I was born for applause. That's right. That's right. So um, Leslie is a, uh, she's the broker uh, for Stegmar Realty and they're based in downtown Fort Worth. Um, she's been an agent for almost 10 years and she started her brokerage back in 2020. Um, and prior to that, in another life, uh, she was an accountant and a massage therapist. Yeah. So um, those are, oh, those are pretty diverse little ranges of things that you do. Um, so, but what she's here today to talk to our tens and tens of people watching <laughs> is um, how to grow your business using your sphere, especially related to real estate. Mm -hmm. So um, so how's life treating you today, Les? It's great. Yes. It's lighting. It is. I'm here for it. So. I'm glad. Everybody says they love the lighting in here. I, this was totally by accident. I promise you it was good. never something that I thought about. So, um, but it just kind of worked out that way. So, um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about you. Um, we're going to discuss some of your practices, tips, and systems that you have for kind of working out your sphere. Um, and maybe um, at the end, we'll get into a little bit of um, your life of living in recovery, um, which I think is a is a great topic because you've been sober for eight years. And I think there's a lot of people out there, especially real estate, because <laughs> Lord knows there's a lot of alcohol flowing around in real estate and stress um, that people would definitely benefit from hearing for your story. So um, so I want to get into all that as well. But before we do all that stuff, um, tell me a little bit about how you landed into the real estate gig to start with. Okay. So um, I graduated uh, with my master's in accounting and I worked for a public firm in Fort Worth, um, okay. 2013. Was it 2013? I guess it was. Um, long story short, I spent six years in school. Mm -hmm. I did that job for nine months. So you went to school for an accounting degree. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. For six years. <laughs> hey, um, kids, try out a profession before you, you know, go intern somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I love accounting. Yes. I love accounting. And I say, I tell people all the time, I would do it to this day. If half the day was people and half the day was numbers, right. guess what job allows for that? You know? <laughs> Welcome. Um, yeah. So I, I left. Um, yeah. It was also at a very difficult time. Everything like coincided. So I just knew that I wasn't, I looked actually what happens. I looked around and I saw the partners who are in their sixties and, and they were working the same hours. I was, you know, I know which the is like 60 to 80 hours a week, yep. uh, twice a year. And I just looked around and I was like, Oh, this is forever. And, right. and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Right. And I, um, I, and I left my, my personal CPA is still from who I, the, the friend I met at that firm. I'm oh, well, that's awesome. All of my, all of my stuff. Yes. Okay. So that's good. At least you made a contact yes. that helped you later in life. So there wasn't yeah. a complete waste of time, yes. right? So that was, I think I left the beginning of like tech during, of during tax season. And I, but I left all my notes on all my files and was like, I'm not returning. Um, 
And that was not the way to quit everybody, but I just had, um, and we'll get, it's part of my recovery story too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I hit a wall and I had to leave. And so I spent that summer, I did, I did work, um, just went back to being a massage therapist (laughs) with my master's degree. So you say you went back to, so you kind of did it while you were in college. Yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I went to massage school, um, because I just needed something that made more money than Sonic. Um, oh. Even though I loved working at Sonic. Husband's checking way. in, saying you look great in the lighting. Oh, yeah. He's so sweet. Okay. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> so is he our... Oh, we have three viewers. Okay. Yes. I can't look at that. No, don't look, okay. that. don't look at okay. that. Okay. So that's... Um, I ended up getting um, sober that April mm-hmm. of, of 2014. And then um, I spent the summer interviewing people and what they did. Because I realized um, I had spent nine years or six years in school to do something that I wasn't in love with. Right. And so I, um, I just, I interviewed people and I had a list of questions like, what are your hours? What are your stress levels? And I was bamboozled into real estate <laughs> because somebody told me the hours were great and the stress level was okay. Well, uh, the hours aren't, I mean, it all depends okay. on what you define as great, right? Well, I'm a workaholic, there, right? yeah, well, so, okay. but I do it to myself. Yes. Um, so I literally had like a, a SWOT analysis and, and I'd looked at everything and, and it was the low barrier. Wait, wait, hang, hang on, hang on. So, so, you wrote out a SWOT analysis. I, I mean, I, did I you write it out? It. You wrote it out. Didn't yeah. You? Yes, you did. Um, of course you did. I'm a, I'm a, I went to business school. Yes. So um, <laughs> it was a low barrier to entry. Yes. But because I mean, and I don't know if, if this is, you know, 80% of real estate agents don't make it, don't renew their license at the right. two year mark. Right. Um, and I think it's because it's so just a low barrier to entry and agents, we, we, well, and maybe I don't watch, I don't watch any of those shows about real estate agents. I'm bitter now because I, I'm like, that is not real. And that's, <laughs> we work really hard and I just refuse to watch them. But, um, I thought I'll give it a whirl. It wasn't six years in school and all of that, you know, student, cause I did that all on my own. Yeah. Um, I do use my, um, degree. Like, and it allows me to talk to people in a different way. And, sure. and I think, I just think a little differently. Yeah. So someone got me to real estate. I joined a team and I was on that team for a year. And then I decided to leave the team and, and go on my own. And I just haven't looked back in a nutshell. It's been great. So, so you started off with a team mm-hmm. before you, okay. So what was your experience like being on a team? And did you take something from that specifically that either led you to want to do it on your own or like, what was the... What was the reasoning beside like, okay, I'm on a team, but now I don't want to be on a team anymore. All, most of the, well, I, <laughs> I did not like online leads. Okay, okay. Perfect. So, and that's what we had to work with. That's right. So at the, so when I got towards the end of that year, I looked at my business and a lot of it was sphere. Right. It just was. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into to mm-hmm. that. And, and, um, but I thought to myself, um, I, I, and I wanted to take listings. And at that time, that team leader wouldn't let you were the buyer's agent or, or that. So I, so on the team, you couldn't take listings. Correct. So you didn't have an option. You mm-hmm. couldn't list your own. So if somebody came to you, your best friend was like, Hey, I want you to list my house. Yeah. You couldn't do that. Yeah. And okay. so she has since changed that model. But at the time that was her model. Right. And, I, and I understood. Yeah. Yeah. And Everybody's I, got and a way to like, do and, and I was, but I was terrified. Yeah. I was absolutely terrified. And um, somebody took me to lunch and I was going to leave real estate. I was so scared. And they were like, Leslie. And they like, they were like, looked at your, my numbers and talked to me. And they're like, you can, you can do this. And I doubled my business the next year. And wow. uh, yeah, and it's, awesome. um, and then it's, it's grown, not, not substantially because, but now I have paid help. So it, it, I can grow. Right. Right. Um, I don't really, and I was thinking about that. I don't really like technically at this moment make more money with paid help, but uh-huh. I have more free time. Right. And so, I'm, well, I'm I mean, everybody measures their, whatever you want to call it success, right? Mm-hmm. They all measure a little differently. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's notoriety. Sometimes it's right. freedom to be able to do what you want to do. Right. You know, I think there's plenty of people out there that have a good income or a good living that they make that 
don't want to go to the next level, as you would call it, right? right? Not everybody wants to be the best person in the pla- on the planet at whatever it is they're doing. Right. They just want to make enough money to support their lifestyle that they enjoy yes. hanging out with their friends or going and traveling or doing whatever. And I think it's funny how sometimes we say we villainize it, but we, you know, as a, as a general rule, we go, Oh, this, they don't want to achieve in our industry. It's like, well, well, uh, what is your version of what's successful and what's not like maybe that person wants to just spend a whole lot of time with their family and then make enough money to allow themselves to do that. So I don't know that, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that not one size fits all. Everybody's Totally agree. Measure of success and everybody's definition of success is way different. And you shouldn't judge yourself against other people. And that's kind of what led me, we'll get there, of how I went off on my own. Yes. Was was that? I got my official contributor checking in. I always got a notice when Conrad pops in. So Conrad's another agent here locally He's and one of my uh, favorites. investor. He does a lot of uh um if you want to learn how to invest in real estate, that's the dude for you. So hello, Conrad. Thanks for popping in, buddy. Um, okay, so I want to get to the uh the nitty gritty as okay, they call it. You got it. Um, so you've built your business over the years, um, being an expert working your sphere, as you talked about just a second ago. So let's start really simply to anybody out there that doesn't understand what exactly that is, which you know I think most people do, but maybe not to the depths of it. How would you dis- define what a sphere is? I, in, in a nutshell, it's anybody that already knows, likes, and trusts you, just knows you. So people, my sphere consists of people I went to high school with, Mm -hmm. uh, people I went to elementary school with, um, people from my youth group, um, people from recovery, uh, family, and um, friends of friends. Okay. So basically anyone that you have some level of relationship with from some aspect of Mm -hmm. your life, and it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. It could be family, friends, coworkers, acquaintances, mm-hmm. whatever. So that is your sphere. That's the people that you want to sell to. And I think most agents that work in real estate um, get probably a good chunk of their business yes. from that, right? right? I mean, I mean, third-party leads are great and and it's a good way to kind of practice. And if you're, if you're really good at systems and processes and follow-ups and all of that kind of stuff. There is plenty of agents that have had a ton of success working third-party leads. Um, you know, the Zillows and real geeks of the world. So there's nothing, again, it's the same thing, just like your level of success. One size doesn't fit all. There's not one method to everything. Right. Um, so, but if you were um, an agent that, you know, was more gravitating to working your sphere, okay, why do you think that that, for, especially for new agents, is a little bit more of a successful strategy out of the shoot? Because they already know you, right? Like you, mm-hmm. and trust you. Okay. Yeah. Be- I mean, you already have authority, um, you know, in their in their life, right? Um, and they're going to trust that you're going to take good care of them, right? Yeah. So they've they've developed a certain level of trust essentially mm-hmm. with you from whatever aspect that they've seen you working right. on. Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, so I haven't done it in a while, but when I first got into the business, I used to go to um, Champions School mm-hmm. of Real Realty. Uh, of real estate. Yeah. And I would do, I would sponsor lunches and stuff. I would go in there and, you know, uh, and usually I always gravitated to the newer agents because I was kind of new in the business too. So, right. you know, it's kind of one of those things you don't want to sound like a moron. You yeah. only know what you know, you know? So um, I would, I would sponsor the lunch and they would let you get up there and talk for, you know, 15 or 10 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. when you bring in the food and they're in between classes or whatever. Most of these people didn't have their license. So I would always ask the question in the room. I'm like, okay, for everybody that's here, I would I would have them raise their hand to tell me who 
once they get their license, is going to have a contract like basically ready to go, whether it be a listing agreement or whether it be you know a buyer that's ready to start looking for homes. Who is um, there's Amy Jenkins is checking in with you. That's my friend. That's right. She is your friend. She says hi, my friend. Uh, but I would ask them the question and say, okay, uh, you know, who has the deal ready to go since your license hits? And eighty percent of the room would raise their hands because they were in this situation where they were working on getting their license. They were excited about it because mm -hmm. it was a new adventure for them. So they're telling all their friends every time they meet yeah. with somebody and have lunch, they're talking about real estate and how excited they are to get into it. And that activity and doing that thing on a regular basis automatically gave them business ready to go because people want to help you out. If you're starting a new endeavor and you're doing something that's brand new in your life, generally speaking, somebody wants to help. They want to, I have a house to list or I have a friend that wants to, right? Guess what? S what? I had three. Right. My first three clients. Exactly. Two of my coworkers and somebody else. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's, but what you were talking about is, you know, when you know people and that is your, your sphere and you're yeah. discussing these things mm -hmm. with people, then that business just kind of appears and shows up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so for newer agents coming into the business, <clears throat> What do you think that they should be doing, especially right out of the gate, whether they're getting their license or rather, you know, within the first six months or so, like what are, what is, what is a couple of necessary things they need to start working on to get there? I'm ready. All right, let's okay. go. So you need to build a spreadsheet Okay. and you're going to go through Facebook, go through your phone. You're going to write down, um, the first and last name of ever, of everyone that you would think would want to get a business card from you. Okay. Like if, you know, and that should be a lot of people, but right. you know, like there's still some people where I'm like, they don't, they don't want that. Uh, not that they don't like me. They're just like, they, you know, yeah. we're just not that close. Right, right. I have 3000 Facebook friends. They don't right, right. want Yeah. Not everybody wants to be your best buddy. Yeah. Which by the way, did you like my shirt? I Did, did you wear that just for me? I wore this just for I you. I'm here for that. Yes. It's did so we great. just become best friends? This mm -hmm. is my shirt because we're talking about sphere. So, you know, yes. we got to have all your friends anyway. Sorry. And I have a lot of best friends. That's right. Um. Okay. And so you're going to take that list and then you're going to just say, Hey, I'm getting my real estate, like shoot him a message on Facebook and say, Hey, um, I just got my real estate license or I'm getting my real estate license. I wanted to see if I could send you a business card, whoever writes back, okay. you know, like, um, and then you have a letter. Um, and if you need a, you can Google that, or you want a copy, let me know. And it's just like, I'm super excited to announce that I've joined here. Like, um, and then in, in your tone, you need, you need to write things that sound like they come from you. And yeah. Then, don't sound like the telemarketer that's calling yeah. just to check in with you. Okay. So I love this. Um, so you're saying what you do or what you should do. And one mm -hmm. of the things that you've done, by the way, uh, Rachel is checking in with us as well. She says hello. You got you got a big fan base here today. So everybody's who? you can't see oh, right there. Oh, I love Rachel. Yeah, no, it says hidden. So <laughs> oh, does it really on your screen? You this can't see all it. my all my real estate friends and my friends' friends. I know, I know. They're all checking in. So so you're saying a good tactic is go through your phone, go through your Facebook, you're write gonna, down all the names. You're going to use that forever. Right. This is a database, is what you're creating, mm -hmm. right? And then you're getting all their contact info, and then I think the the it's almost like a soft lead in to where you're messaging them on Facebook or whatever social media that you have and saying, Hey, I just started my business getting into real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, would, can I send you a business card? That's yeah. all you're saying. Yeah. And who's going to say no to that? Right. And right. If they don't respond. I mean, some people respond two months later or, or never. And if they don't, it depends on how aggressive you are. I, right. I have built my whole, I, I'm, I'm aggressive for my clients, but not, but not two people. Right, so um, right. track them with honey. Right. Yes. And so, and then I asked, okay, can I grab your birthday? Yes. Um, just, you know, an email address and, and, and you just want to fill, basically get all the info to start creating your, your database. And if you have that in that Excel spreadsheet, you, you can use it in any software you end up 
going with for a client relationship management software or right. for a birthday card software, wh whatever you're going to do right. with this. But this is this is the most important piece. That's where you start. The database piece of it is very, very important mm -hmm. because that is all of your future business, your current future, where you go to from there. Absolutely. Right? And um, I would imagine that it would be important after you have your transactions to make sure that they, those people go in there as well too, if they didn't start. Yes. And yes. it just grows and you add to it. And I've have probably several different copies and I have one on a Google drive sheet. Right. Um, and sometimes I have to like merge them and figure out because um, I, I pay an admin to keep me organized, but yes. um, I love people. Not so much the organization part, right. but um, yes, and and put them all in one spot. And if you change softwares, then you can download that and have it. But Which is why Excel is such a good tool. Such a great just tool. Just because you can put it in whatever. And sometimes you have to be careful because, they, well, I don't know. You can tell me this. In the world of, of real estate brokers and agencies that you work for and teams, um, if you bring your database to the game, right? And you're like, you join a new team. You're like, hey, I'm going to bring my database with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, is it a standard practice? Anybody that you get new while you're with that team that stays technically is supposed to stay with that brokerage or like, are there some that do that and some that don't? I think there's some that do and some that don't. Okay. I think it depends on, and I would ask that if you're going to a team, I would ask that upfront. Like what, is this your client? What if, and what if that person sends me referrals? Right. Is that right? So, so kind of establish the ground rules yep. up front, basically. It should be in a, like a written handbook, right? When you join a team or a company. Okay, so they do. Is that typical? Do people have like the agent or brokers have? Here's all the rules. Here's what we do, or some do and some don't. They should. They should. <laughs> yeah, no. If you're a broker, you have to have something. Okay. Um, but then a lot of teams, uh, well-established teams, do have that in place. Gotcha. Gotcha. So rules. they give you some stuff ahead of time, like here's what we're going to do. Here's how this relationship's going right. to be structured, and here's what happens if you stay and if you go, right. and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. So, um, what do you do, like on a weekly, daily, monthly basis, to kind of main make sure that you maintain contact with all of those people in your sphere? Do you break them up into chunks? Do you have certain days that you reach out to people? Do you like what? What's kind of your methods on how you keep in touch with people? Social media. Okay. I would love to tell you I have some really well built out system. Actually, um, I do have a spreadsheet. Not not of those people, right? But of anybody that spoke to me about real estate, or or and, and they go on a separate spreadsheet, okay. and they're kind of color coded for my brain. And, and I and those people I stay on top with. Okay. But other than that, I have a like I kind of I have a lot of friends, and I right. like a lot of friends. Yes. I love everybody. And yes. Everybody becomes my friend. Right. But I um. I stay on social media. I stay in contact with them. When I see something, this is really what it's about. It's, right. it's a, it's, I truly care. Have you ever taken the strength finder test? I have not. I mean, is that the thing at the, at the gym or at the arcade where you punch the bag and it tells you that's no, not, okay. Cause I would tell that. No. Uh, okay. So <laughs> that's the only strength finder test that I've story. ever done. So when I was at the accounting firm, the women of the organization took, uh, did a little class on strength finder and we all had to take the test. And what when, is Strength Finder? Okay, it's a it's a personality test. Okay, based gotcha. on Gallup poll gotcha. thing. It's a, okay. it's a book you can buy it. I love it. We should do that. Um, and my test came up. My number one. This is how I knew I wasn't meant to be an accountant. Too. Okay. <laughs> my number one strength was a wooer, and it means winning others over, which okay. sounds. I mean, it can sound bad. I, I, I read it. I mean, I'd like to be a wooer. I'm like, a wooer. I talk real low like this. I can woo lots of people. No. <laughs> so what? But what it meant when I read it in the book was. Um, when, if you were to come with me to a party, I am going to say hi to everyone there and I'm going to run up to them and be like, I love you. How have you been? Da, 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 da. And as soon as they are, we're done with that, I have spotted my next friend and, and I, and I genuinely want to hear 
about your life, what's going yeah. on. And I can't ever leave a party or a room because I've said goodbye 30 times and I'm talking to everyone. Here's how your husband feels about it. Um, <laughs> You're determined to be their best friend. Everyone's my best friend. That's right. Um, we just became best friends. Everyone is. And <laughs> so um, when I see somebody post on social media, yeah, I, it's it's a call, it's a text. Um, it's a, that's exciting. I'm not that I have terrible handwriting. I wasn't meant to be, um, my mom says I was supposed to be a doctor, so I don't like writing hand notes, but I will call. I'll be funny. I'll send you funny memes, but I, I recognize you and it's hard. This is what I would do if I was not in real estate. Okay. So it's very hard to tell someone to start if it's not authentic to them. Yeah. But, um, I actually was brought in to teach a, a, a class, um, with a team, they, they let me take somebody to teach something I wasn't strong at. And I came in and taught re working by referral. And um, the team leader was like, huh? Like, I've, and I was like, this is news. Like, I just thought everybody was like this. Yes. So the fact that people aren't is, is shocking to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I make people feel seen, heard and important. Right. And if you can just start to practice that and you, and so when you see, instead of just liking it, why don't you shoot them a text? Why don't you right. call them? Um, you, you, you probably want to right. and mean to just take the next step and the action. Um, and um, so it's like intentional engagement is, is what you're doing, right? It's, yeah. I think, you know, what's funny is, is in my, I don't know if I told you this when we, when we talked last time, but um, my, my wife's also an agent and um, she, kind of built her business in a very similar way and that and it was unintentional because she's like you she just wants to be everybody's friend and mm -hmm. wants to know what's going on and so so she would interact with people on facebook because that's just what she did you know mm -hmm. she was like oh though that vacation looks like fun or you know your kids look so grown up or whatever right? right but it's constant you know communication on social media because you know she didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like she was planning this out. It was just kind of mm -hmm. how it worked out, you know? Um, but I feel like what you're saying is, you know, if you, if you see somebody's post or whatever, and you have a thought in your brain about, Oh, I'm so happy that they're having fun or I'm about like, take the next step yeah. and send them a message or yeah. comment on the picture or send them a direct message or text them or whatever, because then that reminds them that you exist, right? Mm -hmm. And that you're in the world and you're thinking about them. Yeah. And that's a genuine feeling that you had. And so you're just taking the next step of being a little bit more intentional about sharing those feelings, right? Yeah. You're just taking the next step. And the, and the other things that I do, um, because it's hard to see um, 1 million people in a year that you right. love and care about. Yes. Um, I do host um, a client event. I want to host two, but okay. I'm, I want them to be fun. And, and sometimes... You would think I'm a fun haver, but I'm not a fun haver. I'm very busy. <laughs> um, I do this client event at Christmas where I rent out um, a, a photography studio. Okay. And I rent Santa Claus. And this year I ended up with Neiman Marcus Santa. Nice. He let us know that. I was like, okay. oh, he, he, he's like, I don't know if you understand this, but I'm like next level Santa. Yeah. Like I'm not like, you know, department mm -hmm. store Santa, or I guess that is yeah, a yeah, department no, store. But he's at the crumb. But he's at the top. Of, yes. Yes. Um, and so I, and I had a professional photographer come in. This is the second time I've done this event. I did it once before COVID and then, and then I'm going to be bringing it back every year now. And then everyone comes and we have prizes and you, um, you get your Christmas card photo. You oh, get wow. like between three and 10 shots. Um, you and, and the kids get to visit Santa. Yes. And it's not a crowded mall. 
And so I want to ask you a question. So anytime, whenever I talk to agents about their, their little hacks, you know, the agent hacks, what we do, how we host things. So some people are very protect. Well, I don't want to tell everybody what my secrets are. What do you think about that philosophy? Just as far as, you know, I don't have a problem, you know, like you're basically saying like, here's what I do. And, you know, if you want to steal my idea, go for it. But so why do you think that there are some people that are hesitant about sharing their methods of marketing and their methods of staying in contact with people. What, why is that? Why is that scarcity thing such a big deal with agents? Do you think sometimes? I, I think like they come from a lack of mentality instead of an abundance mentality. Okay. Um, so there's plenty of business to go around. Yes. There is so much business to go around. Yes. Um, well, maybe not as much right now, but. <laughs> maybe maybe not enough. To It'll eat. come back. It's coming yeah. back. It's coming back. Those rates are better than they were they in November. Are. We'll they take are. them. Yes. Um, I, I, I think it's just a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I want you to be my best friend. So I'll tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> so how do you feel then about, um, talking about like mindset and practices and you'd mentioned something earlier about talking with mentor or, you know, having a team lead teach you how to do things. What are your thoughts on like training and coaching and, you know, cause especially what you see a lot of times in today's market is um, because things have slowed down a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of people that are getting into coaching. They're like, Hey, I'm a real estate coach or Hey, I'm a lender co- mortgage coach or I'm a social media coach or whatever. And um, I think those have value to it to some extent um, for sure, actually, but uh, it depends on who it is and when all, all that, how that works. But what's your general philosophy on those kind of things? I have never been afraid to try things. Okay. I have tried. Um, I have failed at a lot, <laughs> uh, but I call it real estate karma. Right. So it's really wild. I'll, I'll put it and you can, my husband can vouch. I will put in money and time over here. And I really gave it a whirl and mm-hmm. nothing came from it. Mm-hmm. But then over here come three deals and right. I just call it real estate karma. So don't be afraid to try things. Um, but I would say vet and, and really do a deep dive mm-hmm. on if, if you're going to pay for a coaching, what does it look like? What are you getting? Right. Um, I've tried a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I just didn't have the time. Things just weren't built out for me. Right. Um, so um, but I am the queen of signing up for your free information. Absolutely. I will look at all of it. I get a million emails a yes. day because yes. all your nuggets I'll put together and I'll put some of it to, to work. I probably watch an hour of real estate education a day, but not really? contracts. Okay. I mean, more I mean, marketing type stuff. Yes. Mark marketing, how to market listings better, right? Like, or how to market myself better, right. um, how to improve the company better. Um, whether it's listening to this podcast or just there's a lot of things on YouTube. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, that's the beauty these days about social media is that, um, there are so many avenues to get information. You know, the, the internet has done great things for everybody in that it provides so much information. The bad side is sometimes it's too much information, right? And not every, not all the information is great, you know, sometimes, but that's where you have to sift through and discern Mm -hmm. what's important to you. But I do love how you, what you just said about how, you know, for an hour a day, you're typically consuming content to try to, I, I think that that's important because you got to generate um, ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And I have this thing about me where I feel guilty because I, and I showed you my little notes thing, but I have a list of probably a thousand ideas that I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get to 99% of them ever in my life. But the way I look at it is, if I'm constantly trying to come up with things that I can do better and improve, better. right, then I'm going to take one or two of those things and I'm going to start to implement them and move forward. But if I never take the time to try to 
whatever you want to call it, brainstorm or, you know, I, I tell my, when I talk to my wife, when we have conversations about this kind of stuff, I always tell her I'm throwing stuff in the idea bucket. Like, I'm just throwing this in here. You decide on if you think it's good or not. Like, but I'm just tossing it in the bucket. You know, we can, we can decide to do it like or not. That. Right. I'm just yeah. tossing ideas in the idea bucket. But, but I think that that's important because that's how you come up with better and more more effective ways to do what you're trying to do is by just constantly coming up with stuff. And if you're not going to get to all, that's okay. Like I think there's a certain level of feeling of failure because I, well, I wanted to do these six things and I never got to mm -hmm. five of them. It's like, well, you did one of them. So that's great. That's, that's a place to start. You're ahead of those 80% of agents <laughs> that were afraid to try. Yes. Okay. So you're a broker now, mm -hmm. um, and you started your brokerage in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, what, um, what kind of led you to decide, Hey, I want to do this on my own. I don't want to work for another brokerage. I want to get out of my own and do it myself. Um, I started at one of the big box brokerages and, um, long story short, cause I, sometimes I say long story long. Listen, you don't have to, you can go okay. long story. Like we got a long time. So do long story long. Sure. No, absolutely. Long story long. But, um, in, in a nutshell, Nothing ever felt like a fit. Okay. So, but when I started at the big box, big box brokerages, we had these like monthly team meetings and I would go and I was here for it. I was here for the, you know, the cheerleading. Right. Um, and we kept clapping for the same people right. every month. So after like six months, you're like, Hey, got it. Look who won again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like very, it felt very, um, like, well, I'm never going to like it, it. There are people that that will motivate to get there. Right. And then there are people like me who want a work life balance eventually right. <laughs> that I was like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. So I, I left there and went to a flat fee brokerage okay. and, um, decided to join a small brokerage here in Mansfield. Um, and when you I, say just so again, anybody that doesn't, what, what do you call a flat? What is so a, a flat, flat fee brokerage? A flat fee brokerage. Everybody has to pay their broker. Cause the, there's all these behind the scenes things that you have insurance to and do. tech. Just, yeah. yeah. And, um, so, um, a flat fee brokerage is you just pay a flat fee. Okay. For each transaction that you close, plus um, I can't remember if they had a monthly fee or not. Sometimes there is a monthly fee. It depends on. There are a few out there. They're all structured differently. Yeah, yep. yeah. I would say there's the and that I'm there's there's the <clears throat> right fit for everybody. Right. Like nothing hurts my feeling. Like there's the right agent for everybody. Right. So so instead of charging a percentage of your sale, right. you're just charging one fee and mm -hmm. that's it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And so then I went to a smaller brokerage. Um, I just wanted some, I just wanted something like that. And, um, I thought I, I'm going to go in and uh, tell them about technology and all these things. And like, kind of like, I wanted like a mentor there. And then there was like some hesitation or, and then there was, I had a contract long story short, I had a contracts question and I knew the answer. And they were like, I think it's this. And I called the attorney and I was right. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, yeah. I, I, I'm smart enough. It you got was a little like, confidence, confidence from that. Yeah. And I, and, and I said, I just wanted to design it the way that I want, always wanted to be treated and had the culture that I wanted that right. I never saw. Right. So we're small, but it's a, it's the culture I like. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you created it and that's what yeah. you wanted. And I'm sure it's almost like uh, getting to choose who you go to work with every day. Right. It basically is. <laughs> Which is I pretty nice. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So you got into it because you wanted to create your own little, your own little world, right. Mm -hmm. And, and create the people around you. So in, in bringing in people around you, what kind of traits, you know, cause I'm sure you don't just take, you know, everybody off the street. If someone calls you and says, Hey, I want to be like, ah, you know, let's talk, let's figure out. So what are you specifically looking for when you're bringing on a new agent? Like what kind of qualities or traits or habits or whatever it may be that you find as a broker to be beneficial for new, for any agent that wants to join your firm? 
that's a little difficult because um did I tell you my analogy for the the cake? I'm, I'm going to say it again. It's okay. So, you know, I told you some agents just don't make it in right. this industry. Right. So when I, when I, in 2021, I started bringing on agents. That's when I felt ready. I mean, you know, we had the pandemic, so I wasn't sure. really bringing on people. Right. Um, and so I watched people and I, and I had this training and I was teaching them every week. And um, some, I just was like, I love you. This isn't the right fit for you. Right. Like, this is the right. I think you should go talk to these, these companies right. and this is where you should be. And it was just such a huge learning lesson. Um, but I've watched other agents that do not have this personality, but they have an, another set of skills. And I just decided like um, at the end for a real estate agent to be a successful real estate agent, it's like baking a cake. You can have a German chocolate cake. You can have a cheesecake. You can, there's cake at the end. So people can have systems and no personalities and right. be a great agent. Right. I have um, all the personality right. and um, and some systems, yes. right? Um, working on systems. Working on, I'm working on systems. Yes, we're all uh, working on something. And if you're not, then, you know, start. And keep working on your systems. <laughs> That's right. They can improve. That's um, right. And so it just depends. It's like, um, I think the number one thing is, do you have the ability to put in the time and effort that it's going to take to get this off the ground? It is like getting your real estate business off the ground is like starting a train that, that runs on coal that's been stopped in its tracks. And right. I know this because I came up with this theory after I had it, my daughter four years ago, I purposefully stopped because I wanted to be with her. Like I, I brought my business down. Oh, I see what so you're saying. You, you decelerated what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So that way you could spend time with your daughter. And I stopped. And then, you know, as she was two months old, I was like, we should probably get back in the, right. get in the game. <laughs> and so, and it was just as hard, not, not just as hard because the train was still moving, but mm -hmm. um, those first two years, you are, you are putting in so much effort, right. so much energy, so much coal. And then that thing starts getting some traction. And at that two-year mark. I love that. You're putting coal in the train yeah. and it starts. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. And I've, then at the two-year mark, guess what? You just shovel a little bit of coal in every now and then. Yeah. You just put a little marketing effort. Yeah. But those first two years, open houses every weekend, meeting people, put them in the database, touching right. base with them, right. all of the things. And now the, I do not do as many open houses. I'll, right. um, you know, if somebody wants one, I will do one or sure. fun, but, um, well, but that's not your anymore. bag, right? I mean, that's, so, yeah, that's I'm great at meeting you... strangers. Don't yeah, get yeah, me wrong, yeah. but I don't enjoy it as much right. because I'm so busy during the week that, um, it kind of changes the, my desire to do it. Yes. <laughs> Conrad says that he just tells sometimes the agents suck and they need to go somewhere else. <laughs> we'll see. I, I appreciate your approach at yeah. least because sorry, Conrad, that you, <laughs> You know, I think it's a good thing because that 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 kind of is a um, is part of why you're so good at working your sphere. In that, here's the thing about new agents, right? Eighty percent of them don't work out, right? So if you meet an agent and you say, "Hey, I think you're great. You're just not a good fit for us." And by the way, here's five other places that you could probably call that might be a good fit for you, and you treat them wonderfully, like a great yeah. person. Maybe one day when they flame out, they're going to be looking to buy a house and who might they pick up the phone and call? You know what I mean? Right. So there's always, you know, that's the thing about relationships is that there's always a possible sale. Or, and I don't, I'm not saying you need to think about it this way, but, you know, because every, every conversation isn't a transaction, but at the same time, every conversation could lead to a transaction. Mm -hmm. So why would you not constantly have that in your brain that, hey, look, I, I'm, I want to you know, help you out as best I can. You're not going to fit with us, you know, and then let them, you know, move on through life thinking that you're a great human being. It's real estate karma. Right. Real it's estate just real karma. Estate karma. Yes. You just do the right thing and all the right things come back to you. Yes. Um, so, all right. So we're going to move into another little section of this okay. um, because I, I think all that stuff is fantastic and, you know, we'll, 
we'll we'll reshare all these things so that way we can everybody can get these little tips but i know that there's another topic that you're very passionate about mm -hmm. so i really want to get into that okay. but before i do that if you have any buyers or sellers or know anybody that's trying to buy their buy a new house or trying to sell their house and they would like to um they need an agent i would recommend that you reach out to leslie and her team because and then we're going to put your little there's your little website there so um stigmyrealty.com it's got all your information there you can find her on all the social media platforms um especially your favorite one is on my social media oh right now it's instagram, instagram. i am here for instagram like i instagram. gave up tiktok you gave up TikTok. That's a hard one to, to pass up. I I'm mean, not addicted to any of them, but I'm very passionate about the, the uh, Instagram. I think they're doing a great job. They keep me very engaged. What is it about Instagram that you like? I like the mixture between the, I like what they're offering me. Like the algorithm for TikTok just narrows it down too much. Okay. Like, and, but they get too detailed on what like, you think. I get like a variety of like, here's a suggested video. I was sick for the first two weeks of the year. And so uh, I had to rest a lot. Right. And so I basically, I'm like, I need to redo my entire house. I need it to look like this now. Um, but it was, it, there was some funny, some, I don't know. I like, I like photos and the video. Um, I think whatever they're doing over there, I'm here for it. Okay. Before I go to the next part, what, what is it? So what do you do on Instagram specifically? Like, are, are you into stories, reels, posts? Like I, I'm learning Instagram. I don't, I don't use it yeah. my, often myself. Um, but I'm trying to get better at it because I just want to learn how it works. So what do you, what's the most effective ways for you? What I'm into. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in, when people are showing their homes, um, this is going to sound very silly, but it's very relaxing. There's this new trend of people just like slowly panning or just leaving it here. And then their windows are open and the whole, it, I just want to sit in their living room and okay. like have my, my, my tea. Do you know what is it? I always get the acronym wrong. Is it ASMR or AMSR? It's you, one of those. I don't it's know one of the, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, It's, it's actually like hygiene Hi or whatever from, from the Netherlands. It's like they have this thing where every day they spend time with a blanket. Just sitting there. They get it. They get their tea and their book, and, and it's this part of their day. You're getting a hug in a mug. Hi. <laughs> I don't think I could try that, that voice if I tried. Yeah. You're you're doing the hug in the mug. Yeah. And sitting there, yeah. drinking your tea, looking yes. out the window. And some are like beautiful. It's like uh, in my head, I'm moving away from like modern houses into huh. like warm. And I've been I've been on this trend for a few years. I'm obsessed with when I walk into listings, warm, inviting. Where I want to sit down and stay. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that could be problematic for people sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe not because you're a great entertainer. Like, sell this house. That's right. That's stay, right. And this could all be yours. So. Is there anything else on Instagram that you like? Do you, what do you use on Like, how do you promote yourself on Instagram? Um, well, that what was are you, the other what thing. are you working through? Okay. So I have a marketing um, person right now and she's in, she's in house. So she's, okay. she's ours. And um, she does all my social media posts and she yells at me all the time to take more pictures of myself. But I just don't feel like I take good pictures. Let me take a picture with this lighting and we'll send it to her. <laughs> we'll just do her. some screenshots yeah. and then we'll put them out that way. Um, and so um, can I circle back to one thing real quick sure. about the social media? You can do whatever you want. It's free so, country. So social media, part of staying in front of your sphere is, is just reminding them you exist and right. that maybe you sell real estate. Right. So, um, you know, Speaking of, my friend Rachel's been doing a great job of it. I've seen just yes. staying, staying in front of people, posting pictures. Uh, yourself that's mm -hmm. why I'm, she puts my face i have branding photos you should be doing branding photos yearly if not quarterly i can't say anything i haven't had them in a year um okay. but i'm going to get some new ones for my team in 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 april but people have to remember that you actually sell real estate they right. don't want you to, they don't want you to put it down their throats sure but they just need to remember you want them to remember right so just at least from time to time at least twice a week on your regular feed post something real estate 
related. So, it, but that, it is that, a, that's the least thing you can do. But um, good, good quality content okay. with like um, good graphics. And if anybody needs to know what I'm using, you can private message me. I'll I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, and I'm going to start making doing the short form videos as soon right. as my confidence gets up. <laughs> well, see, I think it's good because you know whenever. So you you know we're here talking about your sphere and how you work that kind of stuff, but but once you kind of have a you know more or less a pretty good process or system down working one particular area of your business and then you're ready to grow into the next right Absolutely. you have to be humble to understand like look i don't know everything there is to know about this stuff i'm trying to learn but this is the way that i'm learning i'm trying this i'm trying this i'm watching this person you know i have it and i it's funny um i don't know how to the best way to put that well you know what here's a better way to put it uh I, I use I, I'm a big sports fan, so I have a lot of analogies when it relates to sports. And when you look at um, athletes that are uh, high performing athletes, Michael Jordan, uh, you know Derek Jeter, you know these guys that have been. Uh, I'm dating myself, obviously. There's probably younger people that they're aware of <laughs> all the time. I do right, right, right. But but either way, you see these athletes out there, and they're performing at a really high level. And then you see some of them that try try their hand at coaching. They want to get into coaching themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the best example that nobody you know, under the age of 40 is ever heard of is Ted Williams. So Ted Williams was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He had, he's, I think he still may hold the record for the best average in a season or whatever, but he was a fantastic hitter, you know, great baseball player in his era. Um, then he went into coaching. He's literally the worst coach on the planet. Like they hated him. His players didn't like him. They, you know, uh, uh, Michael Jordan owned a basketball team and tried to coach and was terrible at it as well. Because when you're just naturally good at something, you tend to not be able to relate that information to somebody else, right? Because mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, Ted Williams is like, well, just hit the ball. Like, just hit the ball. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, but I, how? I, like, how do I hit the ball? Like, no, just hit the ball. But then when you look at great coaches, the Joe Torrey's, the Phil Jackson's, the, you know, Pat Riley's of the world that that are fantastic coaches, most of those guys didn't have tre tremendous careers when they played because – they were operating from a deficit in talent. So that way they had to make their skills, mm -hmm. skill set that much better. They had to learn. They had to read. They had to study. They had to do all of those things to become great at what they do. And so when you're looking for somebody to kind of give you advice on how to do stuff, it's I think it's best to find someone that isn't great at something but is just has a passion for learning how to do it yes. because you get so much more from that. Yes. Do you agree? I, I think that's absolutely right on. Um, some of the best people that I followed, they're not even successful. They, they, they teach real estate stuff, right? but they're, they're actually marketing people. Right. They just, they just are passionate about marketing how to tell us what yes. to do. Right. And that's, I have followed so many new, um, real estate, uh, marketing things where I'm, they're like, they're, sh they're showing tips and tricks every day. Right. And like, I'm sending it to my agents or they're yeah. sending it to me or I'm sending yeah. it to my marketing girl. Yeah. And I'm like, we got to add this to the list. Yeah. Well, and then once you, especially when you're in a situation like you are, where you have a team and you have people together, then you can start to build systems in place where, you know, like you said, you're not a detailed person, right? You're a people person. Mm -hmm. You're not into details. So when you're going to hire somebody to work on your team, I would think the best way to do that would be to hire somebody that was really good at details. You don't need another people person. Ooh, yeah. Right. Correct. You got to balance did. things yeah. out. Yes. And you have to, when you, when you, when you go to get that leverage, you do want to make sure it's somebody who does have the skill set for the thing that you either aren't passionate about right. or that you're lacking. Right. You want to, you want to compliment yourself, not try to duplicate yourself. Correct. Right. Okay. So man, we've got off on a tangent there, I'm but so sorry. I, no, no, I think it's great. Uh, it's good stuff. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, living in recovery. Okay. Okay. So 
I know nothing about this. Um, and so you're going to, you're going to explain this stuff to me. I've been living in recovery of being a moron for a long time. So I'm continuing to work on that. So this days do you have 44 (laughs) years, 44 years is what I have. Um, and I'm still working on it every day, according to my wife, at least. Um, so what, um, what is, what is that? And, and how did you, you know, come to this and, you know, what has it done to your life and all the, all the grand questions? Okay. Um, Yes. So I have um, not drank any alcohol, had any substances since April 12th of 2014. Um, My story, uh, I'm going to make it, this could, I mean, we can talk for hours on this, but we're going to make it very short. Getting here was, um, I, well, this is kind of comical. I lived in West 7th when I, when I was an accountant and I could walk to 18 bars. Yes. That's nice. And I'm going to tell, so I moved there in December of 2013. Okay. And I went to this this establishment that sells alcohol uh-huh. and the manager was chat. I went there a lot cause it was in front of my building was talking about how people couldn't, they just really couldn't cut it living so close to alcohol. And I remember thinking, and those are sissies. <laughs> um, I was literally at my first 12 step meeting a month later. <laughs> like how apropos, right? Set but, the stage for you. Yeah. But the problem was, is like, I didn't just move down there and that didn't happen in 30 days. This was, um, when I look back after getting into recovery um from the first time i drank alcohol um and woke up the next day um after you know all of that mess that that happened i looked at my friend and said when can we do this again right. and so when, when you think about that you're like that's not a normal what i've learned is normal people are like oh like i'm never touching that again right and i'm like let's um, go i was just like i actually we were driving back from austin i was 17 and i said is this what y'all do on the weekends when I work? Because I had I had two jobs. Um, I was I was this very like I wasn't a great student. I was a great worker. I mean, I was an okay student because I knew how to get by in high school. Um, but by the end of my by the end of that year, um, that was in May, and by December, I quit both those jobs to lead a full time drinking career. Wow. Um, okay. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to have fun. It for me the first time I I, I drank and I was intoxicated. Um, I I literally had this feeling come over my entire body. And I was relaxed and I had never been relaxed before mm-hmm. ever. Like mm-hmm. I was just a, I have, were well, you a high energy person? And, I kind of, and I had, well, you seem that way. I, I am. And, and then you have a high, uh, I want to be everybody's friend. Right. Uh, and so you put those things together yeah. with, with a little alcohol and, and a know. little, and a little childhood trauma. Right. And you know, the perfect <laughs> reason. So, so that's, that, that's, uh, really what happened. And, um, um, so when I looked back, I just always thought I just drank like other people drank. And what it, what it really was, I surrounded myself with people that drank like. So me. as far as you knew, everybody lived the same life. Yeah. In a way, I, I thought maybe I drank a slightly excessively. Okay. Um, so you did have that thought in your head a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. Yeah. And um, and then I was with somebody who, while I was in school, um, who was like, you can't drink every day and go to school. And I was like, okay. And so he kept me from drinking. I only drank every other day. I let him control my drinking. It's, this is like so crazy town. Yeah. And unless you're a person who has a problem with alcohol, this makes, this sounds really wild, yeah. uh, but it made perfect sense in my brain. And then when that relationship ended, it was just wheels off. And that was about the same time that I graduated college and about the same. And I was 31 when I graduated college, about the same time or 30, about the same time that I started this accounting job. And when I started the accounting job, it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Everybody in there has the same fancy degree. They've been doing this a long time. Um, and, but they don't have drinking problems. So I would, um, and accountants aren't exactly partiers either. Right. 
Oh no, they Oh they do? They drink. Just low key. They just kind of they, they look, look they so look hard. boring, but we had a kickball drinking team. Oh so <laughs> Okay, all right. Nice. So um and I was just there they they would literally run around and be like, Are you gonna play today, Leslie, or are you just gonna drink? I was like, I'm here to drink. <laughs> and they were like, Okay. Apparently you missed the kickball drinking team uh, yeah. part, the just drinking part of there. Drink, yes. You know? Um and I mean, a lot there was a lot of there's always a lot of pain. Uh basically it just started to go down um alcoholism in and of itself mm -hmm. is a progressive disease. Mm -hmm. um, they call it a disease because there's no cure and it will kill you. Gotcha. And I know many, many people that quit for many, many years. And the moment they pick back up in their fifties or sixties, they were shocked how they drank worse. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's a progressive disease that you like. And what I've learned is like, there's nothing wrong with me. I didn't do anything. There's a genetic, there's a genetic component. It runs in my family. Right. Um, and um, a lot of my family is sober. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the, I mean, on my, my mom's side, not my dad's side, a lot of us are sober and in recovery. And, um, would you say that you kind of punished yourself a little bit and you felt like the guilty inside, which is what kept you from trying to maybe get better is because you, you felt like you were at fault and it wasn't a, a, a disease. You didn't look at it that way. You looked at it as like a, like a character flaw. Honestly, I had no clue. Right. I'm, I'm going to tell you the, um, actually this friend called me today. I have a, a, a few very successful in my eyes. Like I want to be them. They're very organized. They're very high level executive type people. Um, she came to visit me that December at the, um, in West seventh. Cause I just moved into my own place by myself. And she said to me, um, I'm complaining about my life. I'm complaining about my ex. I'm, I'm, everything is terrible. The world is terrible. And she looked at me and she said, um, do you ever think that maybe alcohol is the problem? And I was like, and I'm not joking. Never once, not a time did I ever think that was, and I looked at her, I was like, absolutely not. And of course the night then it, that seed was planted Oh, yeah. within a week. Um, she was like, well, you know, one of our friends is he's, he's been sober a year now. You And I, so I spent the next week on the phone with this person convincing him that I am, you were fine, that I'm fine. Yeah. You know, who does that? People that aren't fine. <laughs> right. And so, um, I, um, well, that's a really great friend, by the way. For, oh. that's a hard conversation to have with somebody to, to okay. say, Hey, look, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know that I could ever do something like that. I always um, say those two saved my life. Like, yeah. because if she hadn't planted that seed and, and he hadn't put up with me while I tried to figure it out. And, and that was December. And I, and I went into recover. I went into my first meeting the first week of January. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I lost a day. Um, never had lost a day before where you don't remember what happened right. or where it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then uh, it still took four months because this is some, some people take a long time. Some people got walk in their first meeting and then that that's it. They walk right. to a 12 step meeting and they never drink again. But for me, it's just really, it, it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like it gave me a life. It gave me tools. I got to look, I got to examine. I'm still, I'm still very involved in 12 step programs. And, um, and you, I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. You'd be surprised who shows up. Well, not who shows up. I'm telling you, we do business. There, there's people you're doing business with that you do not know. They yeah. live a program of recovery and they have a great life because because of that. And it's amazing. Do you think, is it more common in that circle to be open about your recovery or to be silent about it? Open. There are some professions out there that yeah. you will not. Like you don't want to hear your surgeons in recovery. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And there are some, you know, there's medical groups like just for medical professionals so really? they can mm -hmm. okay. there's lawyer ones there's whatever um i take it very seriously sure. people's like um anonymity or whatnot but mm -hmm. like i i'm very open about the fact and i don't see anything wrong with it because i'm just like 
so I didn't drink for the last nine years. You're welcome, society. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how you get this, all, all of this. And sometimes when I'm really a mess or emotional, I'm like, you too could be this great after nine <laughs> years of not drinking. Um, but no. Well, you got to celebrate your success, though, with that, because otherwise, like, you know. What, That's super awesome. Yeah. What, what are yeah. you doing? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an accomplishment in that, you know, you had a, you had a lifestyle in a way that you existed that was detrimental yeah. to you and, yeah. and caused you a lot of grief and pain and, yeah. you know, came from a lot of places, obviously, but, uh, but that's still the life you were living. It's, you know, it's kind of like the, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty, I guess you would call liberal person, mm-hmm. like as far as, you know, Hey, you live your life how right. you want. I'm not judging you. You do your thing. Um, but you know, I think people have to work on themselves more than anything else. You know, we, we talked about worry about yourself, like focus on you and be the best version of you that you can be. But I also believe that there are certain parts of society or certain situations that people get thrust into that cause them to have problems, right? Whether it be financial problems, whether it be problems with alcohol, whether it be, you know, sexual abuse, there's all kinds of things that can, can put you in a place as a human where you're set back from the crowd, meaning you're, Mm -hmm. you're behind in the race, right? We're all racing to get to the finish line and you're behind because you had these things happen. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a certain segment of society is like, well, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out. You know, yeah, there's an element of that. And there is a level of personal responsibility that you have to take because what's happened to you has happened to you. And all you Mm -hmm. can do is react to what, you know, what happens going forward. But we also have to understand how people got into situations they got into and um and to not have that appreciation for saying hey look you know you went through some stuff and you figured out a way to come out of that and be a better that should be celebrated because that's that is to me that is the exception that's not the rule most people wallow in their misery for the rest of their life and i think Mm -hmm. it takes the exceptional person to stand out and say hey no look this is what i did and i think you should celebrate it because when you can talk about your recovery and your challenges that you had that is a certain that can be i think a certain level of inspiration to other people to say you know what if she can do it then i can get my shit together too right absolutely and i want to say one thing they're not nobody is nobody in that's trying to do recovery is is a bad person that needs to get good right they're a sick person that needs to get better and to top it off my greatest joy like outside of my child I will get a message from somebody, Leslie, I know you're sober. I'm struggling with alcohol. Yeah. Great. Let's talk. Like, because I, I know that feeling yeah. of how hard that call is to make, how hard it is to say those words right? Um, and to be vulnerable with somebody and, um, and the pure joy that I know what's on the other side, yeah. if they will just get sober and yes. what a great life they will have if they will do that. And so it's almost like, I'm like, okay, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you, it, it's just like, um, it, you're coaching no, them. There's nothing. Yeah. I guess yes, you I, are. I, I, I meant I should be a sobriety coach. You should sobriety coach. <laughs> <laughs> they have those. I think they're called sponsors, right? The, uh, they know they have the paid ones, but probably that's, don't do the one that's, there's the one that's free. If you want to just yeah. give me a call, I'll tell you where it goes. <laughs> right. But you, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying earlier is that you struggled with something and you had to figure your way out of it. Right. And there was, I'm sure that you've, you know, had your pitfalls and had close calls and all that kind of stuff. But without having that experience and going through the hard times yourself and knowing what it's like for someone, then how are you supposed to relate to somebody else who's going through it? Right. You have to be vulnerable and be able to tell them, Hey, 
I did all this stupid shit too. Like I was bad. I didn't take care of that. You know, I let my life get to this point, but now, you know, I'm, I'm in a better place and here's how I did it. Right. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, she's off there. But, uh, but I think that for you and your ability to be able to share that with other people, um, it's, it really, I'm sure, is there a certain level of it that helps you as well? Like, do you get, do you get a little bit of benefit in that also where you're, I'm you're proud kind of, of myself? Yeah. I, I am fully aware of the stigmatization that sure. could exist yeah. by being public. Yeah. But I, also, I mean, this isn't that public. <laughs> <laughs> For all tens of years. Yeah. There, you know, uh, whatever. But once a year I talk about it on my birthday. Yeah. I say it's, it's been this many years. I don't, I don't, I don't like blah, blah, blah all the time. And, yeah. and I don't, I, and we're very careful about what we say. And I just say, I'm, you know, very grateful. I have, you know, last year was eight, this year will be nine. Um, and, but just those little nuggets, people know, mm -hmm. and then they remember. So yeah. when, when they struggle, they call. So I'm, I'm, I am very proud of myself. I, the, the key to all that is staying humble, sure. uh, higher power, all, all that jazz. But mm -hmm. also, um, there is, there's been a little bit of, of fear. Oh, look, can I tell you a story? Uh, okay. That's what we're here for. So, um, it was my first year in real estate. Okay. And um, you were talking earlier, and I just wanted to say your first year in real estate, just eat everything free that everyone offers right. you. <laughs> go to every lunch, go to every happy day. hour, go to every title that training. That's how we survive. That's right. You can't afford to pay your bills because you're not making any money, yes. and you're having to pay all the realtor fees. And sometimes so you're giving out go cash get prizes. Yes. So you show up. Win your um, gift cards, do everything right. you could do. Yes. So it was an after work happy hour, and it was hosted by um, – I don't know. I'm just not going to say. It was hosted by two two people in two different industries. Okay. and. Um, my friend there, um, she outed me in front of everyone and said that I was sober and I am barely a new agent. Like in a general conversation or like standing in front of the group? No, no, no. Like there's like 10 people in a circle and we're talking and I wanted to die. I mean, I was new to a profession. I right. didn't know anything. I didn't really know about the profession. Uh, we're in a professional setting to me because we're like sure. talking to other people that are our, our peers and, um, and I, I wanted to, um, I feel like I could cry right now. I wanted to just melt mm -hmm. and I was so mad at her. Um, and this woman pulls me aside a few minutes later and she was like, Hey, so I think she could read it all over my face. Sure. And she was like, Hey, so you're sober. And I was like, yep. And she's like, how much time do you have? And I don't, whatever it was at that time. And she goes, yeah, me too. 12 years. I go to this group. And I was like, and I forever bonded with that woman. Now she's, you know, um, in not a realtor, she's sure. in the industry. She made me feel safe. She made me feel seen. She made me feel not alone. And then now I go around and I'm just like, oh, you know, because I, I, we don't, we don't say it. It's like, sure. we're like a secret society. Yeah. But um, that was probably the best gift that she could have given me was. Um, Acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and she basically told you it's okay. Yeah. It's like okay. it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. Yes. Because this is something that you're struggling with. I, that kind of stuff, you know, uh, it, again, it takes, it takes a certain type of person to be able to have the, 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 the guts to be able to say, Hey, look, this is what I'm going through. This is how I'm struggling with it because it does carry a stigma to some people. And if you live in mm -hmm. fear of that, because then you're worrying about what other people think all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big thing is like, you, you can't, you cannot, um, live in fear of things that, that make you uncomfortable because those things that make you uncomfortable, you never know what you can grow from and what you can be on the other side of that going through it. For sure. And there may be things you go through that, you know, you you learn how oh, this was awful. I can't ever do that again. But then there may be other things where you go through something that's terribly frightening 
And then you come out the other side and you're like, man, I mean, how many times in your life have you gone? And I'm sure you a lot. How many times have you gone through things that were horrible that you came out the other side going, look, that I don't ever want to do that again, but I learned all of this stuff from that experience. And I'm going to carry that with oh, me forever. Like I'm done learning right. lessons right. Like that many. <laughs> well, there's a, um, I don't know why it's on social media all the time now, but there's a, uh, there's an old John Wayne clip. And uh, like, it made me think of this where <laughs> He takes like he he's like this little boy's like fishing or something and he's like you don't learn or you don't know how to swim and he's like no sir I never learned and he picks him up and just throws him in the pond and his mom is standing right there she's like what did you do he's like well he's got to learn at some point you know but that experience is you were terrified about bringing up your sobriety and talking it talking about it in public and this chick just basically threw you in the pond and say hey figure it out and thank god you had somebody there as a life preserver to go hey hey no 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 it's okay it's okay you know but i mean you were thrust into that situation so you didn't make that decision necessarily but that that situation and that experience made you who you are now because now you're comfortable to talk about it i mean i'm not saying you're out there bragging about it but you're certainly like hey look this is what i went through and i'm okay with it if you want to ask me questions i mean i had to you know there was a little bit i mean i'll tell you personally when you told me i was like okay well you know i didn't know i didn't really know what to say like okay that's (laughs) that's that's tough i don't know what to say about that and then when i asked you to come do this with me you know i was like hey how do you feel about talking about it and you're like yeah let's do it like i want to talk about that i'm like okay whew. you know it makes me feel better but that's real estate recovery right real estate recovery <laughs> but people on the other side you know if if you haven't gone through that or you don't know what it's experiencing you know um it's you, you don't know how to react and so i know from your side you probably feel that and and want to take away that like hey it's okay i'm an open book ask me any question right. and you had mentioned too before we started talking about this today um, that you really could relate or you wanted to relate real estate and your recovery together because you feel like to some extent there might be a little bit greater, you know, thing going on in real estate industry as a whole when it comes to alcohol, right? Yes. I saw this interesting. It was very, it was funny to me. I saw this um, on a, so one of those social media sites, it's now called BAM. Um, and they asked a bunch of agents, um, how do you feel about alcohol in the real estate industry? And I, all these comments were like, it's a problem. It's a problem. And I was like, it is, I don't see it anywhere right. because my life is so, um, far from that. Right. Um, even like you, when I see alcohol, I, I don't see it. I see, yeah, it's right there. I don't see it. Cause <laughs> like, right that's not for me. Like yeah. I just can't do that. Yeah. Um, it, it's, just, and by the way, we're, we're quick. There is literally four bottles of alcohol sitting right in front of Leslie right now. And I had asked her when we met the first time because we were talking about it. Um, I was like, well, how do you feel about being around it? She's like, oh, I don't care. I'm fine with it or whatever. So, so I'm not, I'm not contributing do? here. I'm just, you know. What are you going to do? Yes. Like live in a hidey hole? Right. Like, so um, um, for what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, you were. Oh, um, alcohol and recovery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real estate and alcohol. Um, so. um this is, this can be a really stressful job and there are a lot of parties yes. and there are a lot of happy hours. Yes. Um, and I would just like to say, um, but a lot of people do a really good job. It, I just want to throw this out there. If you are somebody and you find yourself struggling, you just you to message me. I won't yeah. talk to you about real estate. I'll just talk to you about what you need. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, in, there's actually a lot of industries. And to me, what they are, they're high stress environments. It's like accounting. There was yeah. a lot of drinking in accounting. I know, I know in the medical field, there's a lot of drinking in the medical field, real estate, financial services, financial service. Yes. Financial yes. services. Um, and even like education. Yeah. Oh gosh. Know? Yes. Yes. And, and what is it like? We all, okay. Oh, yeah, Friday nights, we're going to go like what, you know, um, 
it, it's just so well it's very it's prevalent like, in our society it's, it's so prevalent in our society advertised everywhere it's you and, know they're telling you how to relax have a bacardi you know i mean that's yeah. what that's what you see on tv every day yeah, yeah. lies all i know <laughs> um but it, honestly we've kind of glamorized it to where like here's a cute backpack and it's yeah. got a thing and i'm like you might have a drinking problem if you buy a purse that my, has a flask attached to it but, my favorite is hey diana um is the uh the commercial for michelob ultra where they show like the guy and the girl, they're out there working out and they're running and they're sweating and they're like, whoo, that was a great workout. Got to get us a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, who, not, not a song. who goes and runs five miles and then cracks open a Mick Ultra and like goes to pound it down? Well, and you know, I've, my other interest, I you would call it, I want to call it a passion yet because I'm still working on getting better at it myself, but is health and, and, and wellness. Like, you know, how do you feel better? Because I really believe that, the more you work on yourself physically, especially the more mental clarity you have in life. And therefore yep. it's such an important part of your day. Like you have to get out there and move. You have to do these things. But where I'm, where I'm going with that is that alcohol, one of the things that I've learned over the years and, and I used to drink all the time and I still drink, like I don't not drink, but I just don't drink as much as I used to. And it's more related to the health side of things because, you know, it used to tell you that, Hey, one glass of wine a day is really kind of good for your heart. It's okay. That's not true. Like you're literally poisoning yourself every single time you drink a glass of wine, you drink a beer. Yeah, there's you, so many studies out right now. Yes, like one is like one you know, is bad. And, you know? But listen, I'm not here to shame anybody. Like, please, if you can drink, have one for me, like be a normal person. Like I, what do I love? That's so terrible. I mean, sugar, you know? Yes. Um, yes. and I have not, I've been, had a very stressful year. Um, so I've, I've gained weight. I like, you know, nobody, we're not perfect. I'm, you're like, I'm like, I need to like get on that, put that system in my system. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but the, the science is out there. Like, we know smoking and drinking is not good for you. Correct. Yes, so. it's bad for you. So, and that, and that's where you know I've I've tried to change my habits a little bit with that stuff, and even same thing with my wife. We've we've both kind of started to move in that direction. And because mm -hmm. the other thing too is like when you start taking better care of yourself physically, when you do things that aren't physically good for you, you feel them way more. So, like if I if I don't drink for two weeks or a week, and two weeks is a little stretch. I don't know that. But if I don't drink for a week or have anything, then I get to Friday or Saturday and I have a couple drinks. The next day I feel like shit. Like I feel terrible. And I'm like, I really don't want to do that. And you know, you don't want to keep kind of keep moving in that direction. And so it's just, you know, creating, you know, good habits for yourself to, to have mental clarity, to have physical clarity. It makes everything else that much better. And, you know, I don't ever want to, you know, I'm not saying ever. I, I, I'm not a. I've never gone through what you've gone through. I'm not an alcoholic. I, at least not the, to my knowledge. But, uh, but, but I do know that that struggling through those things and then just taking that bad, terrible habit that you had and eliminating that has taken your. It sounds like has taken your life to such a level yeah. that you know years it was an addiction issue but it's also a health issue and is has improved i'm sure improved all aspects of your life and making it better i i don't want i'm not going to go into detail but i 100 know if i'd have kept drinking i wouldn't be alive today right like i was having health problems at 31 right um it wrecks you it really I does this, and I, I watched this video i sent it to somebody i'll send it to you um where the number of young women needing liver transplants has like quadrupled oh wow like it's just crazy well you know that I'm sure we're going to make some people mad about this, but the tens and tens that are watching here, but, but I yeah. think we've, 
especially women, and, and this is my perception, you're a woman, so you can tell me if I'm stupid, um, which women tell me that all the time. So if when I'm looking at the way that, you know, there's this thing, and it's, you see it on social media all the time, this glass of wine thing, you know, I've got my white wine, I've got my red wine. It's like, oh, I just need a blanket and a glass of wine. It, it's like we've almost created this world where we've made drinking a uh, um, not only just an acceptable habit, but almost like an enviable habit. Like you go, girl, right. you you yeah. have a couple glasses of wine and, and be you. You deserve it. And and I'm not, I don't want to shame anybody. No, like, no, no, like, no, that, not that at all. Drink, like. But but those things bleed into you after yes. time because if you see that constantly over and over again and you know and you're drinking every day a, a, you know half a bottle of wine or two glasses of wine or whatever the case may be yeah. and you know you look up you're a little maybe you're a little heavier maybe you're a little lethargic right. maybe you're a little tired you just don't know what, what it, it feels like you? everything exactly here's my business degree at you so are you ready here we go business okay. degree coming in sharp camera everything has an opportunity cost so yes the opportunity of enjoying the night. You deserve that sometimes, yeah. what, what, no matter what that is. It's like whether you're drinking or, or not drinking, whatever that is to you, like staying up late kills me too. Yes. So, but what it's going to cost something. What is it going to cost? How you feel the next day or your health. Yeah. So in business, everything has an opportunity. Every single thing you do has an opportunity cost. So if you look at everything in that way, sometimes it's, it's a little more fun or easier to assess things. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a great way to wrap this bad boy up. Wow. So okay. we're an hour and 10 minutes in. Okay. It went by fast, right? Yes. It goes by quickly. Well, and I mean, between the two of us, we don't have a lack of words, so there's never a shortage there. So um, I really appreciate you coming in. Um, we're definitely going to have to do it again sometime um, and, and you know, kind of get together and brainstorm because I think that, you know, going back to our original conversation about the sphere, you know, everybody's looking for ways, you know, especially nowadays with the market being slower on how to get in front of more people, talk to more people, you know, get involved in your community. And I think you have a lot of great ideas behind that. And, you know, I think, I, I hope as a community of real estate professionals, whether it be lenders, title companies, realtors, that we can all share without, you know, share ideas, share, yeah. share tips without feeling like this, like you said, the scarcity mentality where it's, there's not enough business. There's plenty of business to come around. And what we're trying to do is just elevate everybody, help everybody get better at what they do. Um, husband says you did a great job. Um, Fantastic. Conrad's a hoot. Yes. <laughs> Call steady. Yeah, right. yeah. Opportunity costs on colleges. Right. So I, I do hope that, you know, we can all, um, you know, figure out how to share more between us and and kind of uh, be okay with, you know, sharing our secrets and, and helping everybody. Because if as an industry we get better, we have so many threats coming into us from outside corporate interests trying to, you know, buy real estate brokerages, trying to do lending and all of that stuff that, you know, we have to stay local and we have to work with our community. And, yeah. you know, I think that sphere work and, and, and staying involved with people and getting involved in your community is, is such a big deal. And, you know, I want to have you back at some point to kind of keep diving into that. Sounds fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks for everybody that stuck around. Um, we appreciate all the comments today. So um, we'll have this all clipped up and you can see some smaller pieces of it later on. Leslie's reading all of it. See her little face right there. She's checking it all out. Um, we will be back. I'll be back next week um, on Thursday, maybe Tuesday by myself. We'll see. But I'll be back Thursday for sure. I have a... Um, foundation expert with me. His name's Reagan Parsons, who's going to join me. And we're going to talk about all things foundation. So uh, when you're listening and you're getting ready to help buyers out, what to look for, how to make sure that, you know, you're not getting on the foundation issues happen in Texas all the time. So we want to make sure that everybody's informed on how to deal with that stuff. So uh, appreciate everybody that stuck around and we will see you next week.